SFM, we are at midday live at sabc.co.za. That's our email address. The team today, Mabubuluka and Stagazel Gamin, as well as Mandy Samtelu, we say thank you very much to our technical producer, that's Mark Prella. Senior producer is Normalizo Mandela. Acting chief producer there is Butsi Lukoto. And our executive producers are Obrise Chie and Busichane. I shall connect with you again tomorrow between 12 and 1. Up next is Otherwise with Nancy Richards. Till then, bye-bye. Thanks very much, Bongi. Otherwise, it is coming up next here on uh, SAFM. Coming to you from Johannesburg again. And uh, let me just tell you what we've got lined up. It's Wednesday, so it's our help desk. And what we're talking, or the question we're asking is, can you hear me? The issue of poor hearing in children really can be a very big issue. We're going to be, form- we're going to be hearing a couple of very personal stories. A woman who co-founded something called Hear Today and another who has a daughter with listening dif- uh, hearing difficulties. And we'll be getting some very sound advice from a specialist. If you'd like to give us a call with your question, 0892102010. But right now it's 1 o'clock. Time for the news with Asanda Matsonyani. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Thank you, Nancy. Kosatu's Central Executive Committee reaches a compromise on Vavi and British forces are accused of holding up Afghans unlawfully. That's in the news this hour here on SAFM. Kosatu's Central Executive Committee has reached a compromise on its General Secretary Zuelinzima Vavi. It has resolved to continue an investigation of his sale of Kosatu's old headquarters, but has committed to strengthening the unity of the Labour Federation. The two-day meeting was seen as a crucial one for Vavi, with reports that some affiliates were trying to topple him over allegations of financial mismanagement. Vavi explains why it is important that the investigation goes ahead. When serious allegations are made, even by the sources, the right thing to do for any organization is to come back to the public and say what you read in the newspapers is correct and therefore the following steps will be taken against the wrongdoer. But also to come back and say what you read in the newspapers was not correct. You want to ensure and assure Kosatu members that those allegations are not correct or are correct. The rand continues to trade around four-year lows of 9.86 to the dollar. Weaker than expected economic growth data in the previous session saw the rand sell off heavily. Expectations that the U.S. Federal Reserve will scale back quantitative easing have also added to the currency's woes. Murafetabane has more. The local unit fell to 9.86 cents to the dollar. Analysts say the rent's fall through 9.80 cents opens up the door for a fall all the way through to 10 rent against the green bag. Emerging market currencies trading against the dollar have weakened on the likelihood that inflows fueled by the Fed's stimulus program could dry up. Bonds are also under major pressure given what's happened with the currency and also what's happened with global market yields. Morafe Tabani, SABC News, Johannesburg. 
Spanya Gold says it will lay off 1,110 employees due to the fire that started in February at its Beatrix West shaft and has forced to halt to mining. Spanya says trenchments will apply in respect of Beatrix West section only. It says it will keep parts of the shaft open for as long as they remain profitable. The company says it will attempt to accommodate the affected employees elsewhere in the organization. Cape Town Mayor Patricia DeLille has proposed tariff increases of 9.3% for water and 7.8% for electricity over the next financial year in her 31 billion rand budget. Rates will go up by 6% while refuse will increase by 6.3%. DeLille says significant expenditure has been allocated for utility services like parks and sewerage maintenance at just over 2 billion rand. National Lottery Operator Kidani says a player or players in Pumalanga have until end of business today to claim an outstanding jackpot prize of 21 million rand. Players have 365 days in which to claim a prize from the date of the draw. Kidani says a Pumalanga player correctly matched the numbers on the draw of Wednesday 30th May 2012. Kidani spokesperson Tembi Tulwana. In the event that this person does not call or actually make themselves known to us with their winning ticket, a valid ticket, they will forfeit their winnings. What we do with the money that are unclaimed and those that are expired, we actually keep them within the company and we utilize them for marketing purposes. For instance, we'll utilize them for guaranteed jackpots and so forth. The numbers are 3, 20, 22, 34, 38, 46, and bonus number is 12. Overseas British forces in Afghanistan have been accused of holding up to 85 Afghans in an unlawful detention in Camp Bastion in Helmand Province. Lawyers for eight of the men say their clients have been held up for 14 months at a secret facility inside the military base. The BBC's Clive Coleman reports. The BBC has spoken to the cousin of one of the detained men and seen court documents relating to others held for between 8 and 14 months. The solicitor who represents eight of the men claimed they were being unlawfully held in a facility which not even Parliament knew about. The eight men have not been charged or allowed to consult lawyers, although the Ministry of Defence has said last week that two of the men can now have access to legal advice. Recapping the top story, Kosato's Central Executive Committee has reached a compromise on its General Secretary, Zwelinzima Vavi. And now a note from ESCOM. Electricity usage this evening is again expected to be significantly high, particularly between 5 and 9 p.m. as winter approaches. Today's energy-saving tip, consumers are urged to switch the lighting in homes to energy-saving compact fluorescent lamps. These lamps consume about 80% less electricity and, as a bonus, last up to eight times longer than traditional light bulbs. For SAFM News, I'm Asanda Matsaunyane. Headlines at half past one. Over to you, Nancy. Otherwise, on SAFM. Indeed, otherwise, coming to you loud and clear from Johannesburg, I'm Nancy Richards and uh, team up here in Joburg, it's Judy Matupi and uh, down in Cape Town, we have Hazel Makuzeni. And what it is, it's a Wednesday, as you know, it's our help desk day and the question that we're asking today is can you hear me? And that's in relation to children with poor hearing. Well, you might remember if you're a regular a while back on the show, we spoke to Mignon Breyer about her book, Letters to My Son, 
her son Matthew, who died a few years back, age 25, of leukemia. From a young age, though, Matthew had had hearing problems and Mignon related to us that had been the cause of some communication problems until he was able to get a cochlear implant. Well, let me tell you, at around 300,000 rand, a cochlear implant can be out of reach of many parents, but what are the options and how do you know in the first place if your child actually has hearing problems? We're going to be hearing a number of stories. We're going to be talking to Andrea Lewis, who together with Matthew uh, founded something called Here Today. Look forward to hearing her story. She too has a cochlear implant. After that, we're going to be talking to Christiane Kutsia-Klinger. She's the chair of the school governing body at Carl de Toy Centre for Hearing Impaired Children. And she has a story to tell in as much as her own daughter has hearing problems. And giving us some input uh, in terms of help and what to do and how to recognise if there's a hearing problem is Jenny Perold. She's an audiologist at the Cochlear Implant Unit at Tigerberg Hospital. And hopefully we'll be getting some input from you because if your child has a hearing problem, you will know only too well how difficult it can be. 0892102010 is the number to give us a call on. 0892102010. You're listening to Otherwise. Stay with us. Seven million children in South Africa go to school every day without shoes. Join Flipper Friday movement in partnership with SAFM. Let's make a difference to a soul this winter by wearing a pair of flip-flops on Friday the 31st of May 2013. Purchasing a pair of flip-flops will afford an underprivileged child to own a pair of school shoes. To join the movement, go to www.flipflopfridaymovement.co.za. This Thursday on SABC3. Hi, I'm Dali Tambo. Watch me and my wife and family on Top Billion, South Africa's top show. And catch me as I have a bake-off with the one and only master baker, Eric Landlid. I'm Danny Kay. And I'm Mrs. Kay. And they're taking a walk on the wild side. Then, the gorgeous Miss USA is coming home. And of course, Jonathan from Top Billing gets the exclusive interview. Thursday, 8.30 p.m. only on SABC3. Otherwise on SAFM. Talking Women Otherwise on SAFM each and every weekday here on SAFM. And on a Wednesday, it's our help desk. And the question we're asking today is, can you hear me? It's the issue of children with poor hearing, something that can be a real, real issue. And if it's a problem in your family, you'll certainly know. So do stay with us. And uh, our first guest today is Andrea Lewis. Now, Andrea was born deaf, but now thanks to a cochlear implant, she is able to hear. But the wonderful thing about Andrea is that together with Matthew, she founded something called Here Today. And we've got her in our Cape Town studio. Hi, Andrea. Nice to have you with us. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can hear you. Lovely. Andrea, tell me your story. Tell me, I think you were deaf uh, from birth. Tell me your story. Well, as you mentioned, I was born deaf and there was no history of deafness in my family. So... No one has any reason to suspect that I must have a hearing loss. However, my parents did notice that something was amiss when I was a small baby. So by the time I was nine months old, I was diagnosed to have a profound hearing loss. And that is actually a very important factor because I had an early diagnosis. From thereafter, I embarked on extensive speech therapy and learn to speak with the help from a parent and speech therapist. So much so that I was able to be mainstreamed 
in a hearing school, both at primary and high school. I've learned to cope with lip reading and with self-learning and managed very well. After school, I went to University in London to study history of art. Upon my return to South Africa, especially to Cape Town, um, I have a life-changing realisation that even though I've worn hearing aids all my life and I was able to cope very well, it just wasn't really enough. It was quite a difficult fact to embrace because I felt that in, in some ways I was coping very well, but in the wider world, Anything can be thrown at you. It's not like school or university where you can learn to structure your environment. This time, in a working environment, it's much more unpredictable. So I realised that it wouldn't be a bad thing to get all the help I could get. Mm. And that is when I decided to explore the option of having a cochlear implant. So I'm met Jenny, my audiologist, and went to the Tigerberg unit with the cochlear implant and it was discovered that I was a good candidate for a cochlear implant. So in my early 20s, I received the cochlear implant and literally my whole world transformed. I went from quite a peaceful Laugh to a very noisy one. <laughs> it was very overwhelming at first mm. because you have to remember that I was born deaf, which meant that I didn't really have an audio memory or vocabulary in which to distinguish sound. So it is quite a lot of hard work, and I had ongoing therapy with Jenny, which still continues today, so that I can start identifying sounds. And now it has pretty much become my everyday life. Wow, that's quite a story, Andrea. Really, really impressive. So you were in your early 20s when you had the implant. How old are you now? I'm now 50. So I've had seven years of learning to see what was going on around me. And it's quite amazing. And also, I think I've realised that I'm in a very privileged position because my family has the financial means to get me all the help. But that's not the reality that is facing the majority of people with hearing loss in South Africa. And that's something that you are quite keen to do something about, which is why you and Matthew Breyer started up here today. Tell me about that. Yes, um, we founded an organisation, a non-profit organisation called Tears Today because oftentimes there's always support for the deaf, often associated with the capital D because of the cultural condition and they use sign language. But there's very little support for people who remain streams like me or people who face hearing loss at some point in their lives and they still want to function and thrive in the hearing world. So that kind of support is a bit lacking and that we're here today comes into being because we're able to offer some information and some kind of support for people who just want to know how to cope in the hearing world. One of the things that you would have had to cope with, you mentioned there, that once you had the implants, suddenly everything was very, very noisy. And I've heard that this can be 
a, a real shock uh, to deal with. The therapy that you had with Jenny, did she help you deal with this sudden mass of noise? Yes, um, the cochlear implant has helped me immensely. Um, I was able to hear all kinds of sounds I've never had before. For example, high frequencies of speech, um, the pages of the book turning, crockery and cutlery in the kitchen, um, myself breathing. I will never forget when I couldn't find a restaurant and um, I heard my mother calling me and I was able to find her. Or when I was driving in the car and I was in the back seat and I heard what my friends were saying at the front but I ended up reading her. So the cochlear implant does actually give you all the kind of help that is not really possible with just hearing aids. But as I said before, it does require some kind of work and commitment. Yes, and not just not just on your part, but on the part of the whole family, by the sounds of it. Just going back to here today, you offer information and support online. Are you in any way able to help people raise funds? Well, it's quite difficult because, like I said, we are a non-profit organisation, so and it's quite difficult to get help or yeah. fundraising and so forth but we do welcome any kind of support so that we can help other people to find their feet in the hearing room and to find to find the world I and mean, it's so interesting to hear you know suddenly you could hear yourself breathing the, t- the sound of pages turning the things that so many of us take for granted Andrea do stay with us um, going we're going to be talking to Christiane and to Jenny in just a minute but if you'd like to give us a call here on Otherwise, the number is 0892102010. And we've got Anton on the line from Port Elizabeth. Hi, Anton. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Um, I just want to make people aware that there's a condition called Usher's Syndrome. And it manifests that um, children who at an early age show deafness could very well be affected by a retinal eye condition which kind of works together. So um, I really suggest that if they notice deafness in the child, they should immediately also just uh, see an ophthalmologist about that possibility. Okay. Uh, Anton, did you say... Hand in hand. And yeah. um, if they want more information on that, they can contact Retina yeah. South Africa. Okay. Retina South Africa, and you call it Usher's, that U-S-H-E-R-S, is it? Yeah, Usher's syndrome. Okay, gosh, thank you, Anton. Thank Thanks you very much. much. Thank you. Okay. Uh, 0892102010, if you want to join us uh, with your comments or thoughts or experience. Um, talking of experience, Jenny, I, I can hear you there, because you're whispering. <laughs> um, uh, interesting to hear what Anton had to say there, but this, the, the issue of diagnosing a child I believe that you know newborns uh, you can diagnose hearing problems even in a newborn at what point are you likely as a as a parent to recognize that your child's got a hearing problem so if they haven't had a hearing test and let's assume there's no history of hearing loss in the family um, really within the first month you should be able to see whether they're responding to sound so the baby might be sleeping and the door bangs or there's a sudden loud sound they should wake up. Um, so if they're not responding to loud sound or the 
you as a mother or father call them when you come into their room before they see you and if they don't respond you need to start looking out for signs of hearing loss so from early on they should be showing that not something that you you know as a new mother especially if it's your first child you might not be worrying about that you're worrying about whether they're crying whether they're dry all sorts of other things so it, it very easy to overlook it is easy to overlook but um, as Andrea mentioned, early diagnosis of hearing loss is absolutely critical to the development of communication skills and um, it's the most important time of a child's life before they're two at, at the latest to be diagnosed with hearing loss. So we, neonatal screening is slowly being implemented bit by bit in South Africa. It's fairly available in the private sector where there's an audiologist working in that hospital um, and in some of the bigger government hospitals, in the high-risk baby clinics, there is neonatal screening. Mm. So the baby can be tested on the day it's born. I'd like um, to add, Jenny, yeah. if I may. Yeah, um, Christian, no, is that you? Yeah. And Jenny, um, Jenny works closely with uh, the centre where my, my daughter attends. It's the mm. Carl de Choice Centre for hearing-impaired children. And we actually have outreach programmes in certain areas of Cape Town um, where we do newborn screening testing and we are lobbying to get this legislated in the Western Cape and hopefully later in South Africa because, as Jenny would know, in some areas, for instance in Australia, in some states where newborn screening is compulsory, there are no needs for special needs schools for hearing impaired children because by the time they're two, they've basically overcome their disability to such an extent that they actually do not need any remedial um, education at all. Yeah. I think the Carl de Toy Centre do all sorts of wonderful things. I, s I see that you've also got a parent guidance programme, but um, we're going to come back to that in a minute. And I also want to come back to the issue of why it's important for a baby to have sound stimulation, why it's important that that stimulation reaches their brain, what happens if not. After the break, so stay tuned. Seven million children in South Africa go to school every day without shoes. Join Flipper Friday movement in partnership with SAFM. Let's make a difference to a soul this winter by wearing a pair of flip-flops on Friday the 31st of May 2013. Purchasing a pair of flip-flops will afford an underprivileged child to own a pair of school shoes. To join the movement, go to www.flipflopfridaymovement.co.za. This Thursday on SABC3. Hi, I'm Dali Tambo. Watch me and my wife and family on Top Billion, South Africa's top show. And catch me as I have a bake-off for the one and only master baker, Eric Landman. I'm Danny Kay. And I'm Mrs. Kay. And they're taking a walk on the wild side. Then, the gorgeous Miss USA is coming home. And of course, Jonathan from Top Billing gets the exclusive interview. Thursday, 8.30 p.m. only on SABC3. Otherwise, on SAFM. Otherwise, it is here on SAFM. And if you'd like to give us a call on the issue of poor hearing in your child, in our uh, help desk call, Can You Hear Me? The number is 0892102010. Going to come back to you, Christian, in a minute. But Jenny um, Perold of uh, the Cochlear Implant Unit at Tigerberg Hospital, this issue of the importance of getting sound stimulation into your baby's brain is important because why? If they miss out on it, what happens? Well, if they miss out on hearing, they're obviously not going to be able to learn to speak because without the development of listening and hearing, you can't learn language, a spoken language, and 
Well, hearing is fundam hearing and speaking are fundamental to us as human beings to have communication. So what happens if there is no sound input over as time goes by the brain actually starts to use the hearing part of the brain for other things. So for example, it may become more visual. And if enough time goes by with no sound input, you cannot reaccess that part of the brain to use for hearing. And mm. that is why early intervention is so crucial. So at what point might it be too late? Um, that's quite a tough one. It, it, I, yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, if you've got a toddler of sort of three, four, yeah. they started at, uh, you know, they started at playgroup and, and grade yeah. R, you know, and they're not yeah. hearing properly, have you left it too late? Um, they, if they get to about three years of age and they haven't had any sound input and they're not using any spoken language, they will already have started gesturing to try and communicate and it's at that stage very difficult to try and start from scratch. So in terms of cochlear implants, we really like to have them implanted by the age of two. Mm. Um, after that, it's starting to get late and with hearing aids, really six months, is, is ideal. Gosh. It is nonetheless a very expensive process, as we heard there from, uh, from Andrea. I'm going to get onto implants as well in a minute. If you'd like to give us a call, the number is 0892 10 2010. 0892 10 2010. Um, Christian, your daughter, your own daughter, who I think is now nine years old, is she? That's right. That's tell us your story. How did you discover that she had a hearing problem? Our path is a little bit. Um, Take several turns because um, uh, my daughter was first diagnosed with apraxia, which is a severe speech disability. Um, but this, we basically came to this diagnosis because my father-in-law, who is a pediatrician in Switzerland, noticed that she was, um, at the age of 18 months, she was not really producing enough sounds for, the t for a child of her age. So his first... Um, uh, recommendation was that we have a hearing tested. We had a hearing tested um, because, you know, that could have been a, a reason why she wasn't speaking. Um, at that stage, her hearing seemed fine, but um, so she did not speak for many years because of her apraxia. But through the years, she had several upper respiratory um, problems and she developed a hearing disability. So she has been wearing hearing aids since the age of five. Um, they're indispensable to us. And um, through this, we got in contact with the Coral Toy Center because at that stage they also accepted children with um, apraxia because they, all, they basically have uh, severe speech disabilities just as deaf children might have. Um, so I went from being a mom with a child with apraxia to a mom with a, a speech, speech disability and a hearing disability. So over the years I've kind of... Um, um, you know, become specialised in two of these yeah. fields. Yeah. Um, but it has been an incredible learning curve. And um, yes, I, I, I'm really, really feel strong, and I'm very outspoken about the fact, you know, that people should have their children tested for hearing at a very early age. It's really essential, and it's a, a non-invasive process. Um, and, you know, I, I had a child who I thought would never be able to speak. When, when my daughter was born, my husband is Swiss, and we both speak five languages. And um, I went from thinking, my, when my child is three, she's going to be able to speak at least three languages. And I suddenly had to accept that my child might not ever learn to speak, um, you know, with a combination of apraxia and um, hearing impairment. 
and she is now nine and she's actually um, overcome so many of her problems and I will never forget the day last year, it was the 8th of May last year and she brought her first reading book home and she read it to me aloud and yes, that was quite a turning point. Oh, how emotional. Did it? Sorry, that was very emotional. <laughs> did it have a lot of I- impact on on language learning? Well, maybe I'll come back to you on that one. But um, Jenny, you were talking about uh, whether or not there's a history of hearing loss. Christian, was there any history of hearing hearing disability in your family at all? No, no. Okay. So, Jenny, can one lay that to rest? I mean, if you if you're concerned about your child's hearing, it's no good looking beyond sort of grannies and grandpas and aunties and so on. Mm. It, it's not necessary. It can be a one-off. Oh yes, very much so. Um, you know, about uh, 60, 70 percent of deafnesses is not through direct family connection. So, yes, definitely, yeah. one needs to look for signs of them not responding to sound or not developing speech. So, yeah. obviously, when I say you look out for your child de- having a hearing loss, you can look towards whether they are babbling and doing all the normal things that babies do with playing with sounds. Um, and obviously responding to sound as well. It's such a huge thing, isn't it? When you talk, I was about to ask you, Christian, if it has an impact on your daughter learning language, and clearly it would do. But the lack of speech development would have meant also a lack of ability for the two of you to communicate, uh, which would be very difficult. You know, even when a child is yes. very small, somehow or another, mm. you chatter away, you know, mm. and you get to know one another like that. Mm. Was that a problem? Well, I can tell you, um, I think parents of children with a speech or hearing disability work as hard as the children. Mm. Um, For the first two years of our life, there was no communication, and I reached a point where I was absolutely desperate. And I actually started teaching my daughter sign language um, out of my own accord, because I just couldn't stand the fact that she could not even tell me if she liked her dinner. Um, And I also started using a picture system, and I I realized, you know, when we started speech therapy, that at that point it didn't really matter how she communicated, but that we had to develop a need for her to communicate. Because Mm -hmm. if a child is not interested in communicating, um, that's the main point. They They have to show an interest in communication. And it doesn't really, in the beginning, so much maybe matter what tool you give them to communicate with, but they have to acquire the skill of communicating with some kind of medium, be it with pictures or signs or then later with language but that was very important and it had a lot of social impact especially Mm -hmm. for my daughter of course because playing with friends became a problem she would immediately be excluded because she couldn't couldn't speak uh, or she couldn't hear or if she spoke um, in the beginning nobody would be able to understand her and just another small thing it has it's not a direct thing but you know um, in general children with disabilities in special needs schools and um, I'm, I'm, I would, if I had a choice, never put my child in a mainstream school. I would not have said this five years ago, but now I'm an advocate for it. Um, but um, there are too few, mainst- uh, um, let me repeat, there are too few special needs schools in South Africa. So you drive kilometers and kilometers to get your child to school and then kilometers and kilometers to drive back. And um, because most mm. of the children come from um, communities that are far away from where the school is, there's no sense of community and no support. And also the children, it's very difficult because we already have such a difficult and taxing yeah. program. I'm not driving, driving to Malmesbury for a play date. So yeah. I do tend to find that um, the children are more isolated socially. 
Yes, and the issue of support is a big one. And, and you know, your level of commitment was very big, but for other for other parents, it may be really difficult to spend that amount of time and energy on it. I'm looking forward to hearing a little more, so do stay with us. And if you've got questions around the issue of poor hearing in children, give us a call 0892102010. But right now, 1.30, just after time for the news headlines with Asanda. I'm not sure if we've got Asanda Matsunyani. Are you there, Asanda? Of Kosato's old headquarters, but has committed to strengthening the unity of the Labour Federation. Smanye Gold says it will lay off 1,110 employees due to the fire that started in February at its Beatrix West shaft and had forced a halt to mining. Smanye says retrenchments will apply in respect to Beatrix West section only. And the Western Cape Ministry of Agriculture says preliminary results indicate that a horse on the Cape West coast might have died from African horse disease or AHS. The incident occurred at a small holding north of Melpostrand. For SAFM News, I'm Asanda Matsaunyani. Details at 2. Over to you, Nancy. National lottery operator Gidani is calling on all players who played the lottery jackpot of the 30th of May 2012 to check their tickets carefully or look anywhere that a missing ticket could be hidden. A lottery jackpot prize worth 21 million rand is on the verge of expiring if not claimed by the 29th of May 2013. A player in Mpumalanga had correctly matched the numbers of draw number 1193 of May 30, 2012. The winning numbers were as follows, 3, 20, 22, 34, 38, 46 and bonus number 12. Whilst players have 365 days after the winning draw to claim their winnings, the particular players are left with only one day to come forward prior to the expiration of his, her, their ticket. The players can go to the nearest Gidani offices in Vitbank or contact our customer care number for inquiries on 0800 777 777. And here on Otherwise, the question we're asking our help desk today is, can you hear me? It's the issue of poor hearing in children. We've heard some very moving tales of what it can be like to have a child who has hearing difficulties, but also an inspiring one from Andrea, who is not only well able to hear, but has started something called Hear Today. Andrea Lewis, that is, also talking to Jenny Perold, audiologist at the uh, Cochlear Implant Unit at Tigerberg Hospital, and Christian Kutzia-Klinger, who is the chair of the school governing body at Carl de Toy Centre for impairing, Hearing Impaired Children. Going to be hearing some more in a minute, but we've got Charles on the line from Cape Town. Hi, Charles. Hi, how are you doing? Well, thanks. Great, great. I really, really like um, share exactly the same um, sentiments as the, the, the speaker that you're hosting today. What I want to say is, like, I also have got a young brother of mine who is deaf. And um, I, from the time when I realized that he was deaf, our parents were already, like, um, passed away. So the way I dealt with it, uh, with it is um, I only managed to be able to send him to school when he was now 17 years of age. And um, this is the time when I started being able to work. And um, because I realized that the problem which uh, he was facing when we were growing up in a rural, in a rural school, like in a rural area, uh, were pretty much the same problems which a lot of the deaf people are also facing. So I started an organization called Defense at Work, where I'm now like concentrating on skilling the ones who are already deaf and they are, already, they are old. Where we're doing upskilling and... Uh, we also do job placement. So um, mm. it is really something which uh, has always been like you know part of my inspiration because as a student who was very bright like uh, uh, during school, 
I found that a lot of people respected me, whereas my young brother, who was actually who is actually much brighter than me, is someone who I was not being like you know given that same platform. Despite him, you know, being uh, I would say someone who, who is actually super intelligent, so I managed only to be able to have the community to realize his potential. When I when I raised enough money, you know, to send him to school, where he now is actually a very good athlete, is one like you know qualifying you know Paralympics and also done like you know a three-year uh, program in panel beating and spray painting. But I only managed now to be able to speak to him to actually explain to him like that our parents were you know passed away. You know, like when we were even born, I only managed to do that like the last three weeks. That is when I've managed to like learn sign language and like eventually I was reunited with him in Cape Town when he visited me. And um, it has really been something which is an inspiration all the time, which I have, when I was here in Cape Town, I uh, started this organization where I have about nine to 18, you know, deaf individuals who I'm working with. From sewing project to carpentry, panel beatings, painting, we also do a lot of brickwork. So we we'll go out to houses and we will you know, find clients yeah. who will help us, you know, to like we we'll do quotations and do on the job training. Yeah. Most of the problems which we have now is um they are old enough for them, you know, to, to, to actually look for work but then they are actually unskilled. And now instead of us, you know, like waiting for them to get grants which is not enough for them, we are empowering them, you know, with skills yeah, able to be proactive. Charles, Charles, that's really that's really impressive. Uh, deaf hands at work. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we're just looking at the website, which looks extremely impressive. And the website is www.dhwsa.co.za. Dhwsa.co.za. Gosh, Charles, that's one one hell of a story. And how wonderful that you're able to communicate with your brother at last. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks a lot. Take care. Goodness me, that's quite a story, uh, Jenny, Christian, uh, Andrea, isn't it? That's the Deaf Hands at Work SA dot CO dot ZA. Um, I just want to say yeah. thank you for phoning in with that because yeah. it's it's always a real challenge to for employment for deaf mm. people. And so yeah, that's good to Yeah, know. absolutely. Um, Andrea, can I come back to to you and this issue of communications? How much of an issue was it for you before you got your implants? I mean, you mentioned the story there of being in a restaurant and your mum called you and for the first time you were able to hear her. Uh, did it, was communications between yourself and other people a problem for you? Well, um, I think that I started developing the skills of communication from when I was a very young age because I took my keys from my parents and the background that I came from and I had the reading and so forth. I think my main difficulty was um, social situations at school or um, in social environment because that when communication can be challenged. But after the company implant, those types of situations became so much easier to deal with. And um, it's not so challenging because I'm also dependent on the reading. Yeah. And of course, when I was at school, I barely even followed anything in lessons or in classes. Maybe about two percent if I was lucky. So that was a real challenge. Now, um, after the cochlear implant, I'm able to go to lectures and to discussions and so forth. That really a big difference and I do often wonder what it would have been like if I just had the cochlear implant yeah. during my school year 
it would have been very, very different. Jenny, you mentioned, uh, or at least Andrea, I think, mentioned that she herself was a good candidate for a cochlear implant. What is the difference between a good candidate and not a good candidate? Well, in Andrea's case, she'd always used her hearing from nine months of age. So her brain, although it was a very degraded sound that she was getting, her brain had learnt about sound. So there was a template, I suppose one can say. For um, a person who didn't get any sound input until a later age or grew up with sign language and not using spoken language and not having developed a hearing system, a cochlear implant would not benefit somebody like that because the brain wouldn't know how to recognize the input from a, an implant. As one yeah, would so it would, be, it would be money and a lot of money wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, the Carl de Toy Center there, there, or the Carl de Toy um, Center, yeah, for yes. hearing impaired, I believe that you have a parent guidance program, which I imagine is enormously important. Yes, this is actually... What do you offer and to whom? Yes, um, it's, it's basically the crux of, of our whole philosophy and where we start. Hmm. Um, many schools only take uh, hearing impaired children from grade one. Um, we believe that early intervention is absolutely the key. So first of all, the diagnosis, but then the intervention. Hmm. So in our parent kinds program we have families with their children who've been diagnosed as hearing impaired and that could be the child they could start from um, when the child is six weeks old literally from the moment the child is diagnosed mm -hmm. the, the, the aim of the centre is to provide the parents with the tools to cope as a family with the situation because um, the child is not isolated it, it grows up in a family or with a carer maybe sometimes but um, the, the parents are given tools in terms of how to cope with the initial shock of diagnosis um, often we help with uh, we, we work with um, Jenny's team um, you know going through the whole piece of process of applying for cochlea um, helping them find finances um, helping them with the rehabilitation and so forth um, but also importantly if you have a child that is deaf um, or hearing impaired you speak to them in a very certain way yes. um, you I sometimes feel like a clown by the time my husband comes home from, from, from work because you repeat everything you confirm everything if, for instance if my daughter says uh, she'd like an apple she might you know in the beginning she would only say apple you would say oh you'd like an apple here's the apple here is Nina's apple eat your apple Nina <laughs> so that's the mm. kind of language you need to learn to develop as a parent because you um, need to stimulate the child's language development optimally. So at the Parent Guidance Centre, we equip parents with the correct tools to deal with the situation um, socially um, and educationally so that the child's language skills develop optimally. And does, it, does it pay off, that sort of... Oh, um, it absolutely yeah. pays off. You know, we, we, I mean, we now have children, because of our different programs that we have, we have children that has been identified as early as six weeks. They have their cochlear implant by six months. They have their cochlear implant, and they they um, mainstream immediately. Um, you know, they go straight from our parent guidance centre to mainstream education. So um, I, I would say it's essential because it doesn't. And, and this is a very good uh, point. <laughs> Actually, we were talking about before we came into the studio. Mm. Um, if a child has all the possibilities, it's diagnosed early. It gets all the 
um, therapies and all the equipment it needs, uh, it's not going to help if the parent is not there and provides the support. So um, that is actually an essential part of the child's development and yeah. hearing development and language development. And what about the children themselves? Do they need any sort of um, support? I can imagine that if a hearing is difficult for you, you could spend a lot of time in your own little bubble. I think it's very, um, it's very individual. Um, um, I think I think they do struggle, but you know what I've seen. I think uh, Jenny would like to make a point, but I just want to say one thing that I have found: children with disabilities are incredibly adaptable, and um, they learn to compensate very quickly, much quicker than we do. I've um, just been looking at the the website here. Um, apparently, there's uh, cell phones for the hearing impaired. McDonald's and Nashua recently handed over uh, a series, a whole collection of Blackberries for hearing impaired children, which would be a wonderful way of connecting but Jenny you wanted to say something okay well the cell phone sounds interesting doesn't it send, mm. send the information yes. Um, yes I think I think that children with hearing loss one of, one of the main ways that children learn language and learn about the world is with what's called incidental hearing so that is overhearing mom and dad talking about going away for the weekend mm. where they're not particularly paying attention but they hear that information or um, their brother talking about going skiing somewhere. Whatever, whatever the conversations are, is learning about the world outside of one-on-one -on -one teaching. And that's one of the big challenges for children with hearing loss. So that's where, as Christine says, the, the language input from the parents and all the caregivers is critical to, so that they learn to keep up their language development as other normal hearing mm. children do. Does it make a difference, uh, the, the timbre of, of a speaking voice, if it's lower or higher? I suppose I'm thinking about music and how big a part uh, uh, music can play in a lot of young people's lives. Does it make a difference if they hear uh, you know, music or tone, tones? Does the tone make a difference? Well, music, it's interesting you say that because there's clear research showing that Exposure to music and learning music and learning singing helps language development. So children's parents are always, and in schools, music and singing is mm. very much part of their therapy. Um, and, well, it depends on what kind of hearing they have and how much the hearing aids help at which frequencies. Generally, children have better low-frequency hearing than high-frequency hearing. Um, so with a cochlear implant, they have access to all the frequencies at, at good levels. With, if they are not able to get cochlear implants or they're not a candidate, it, it really depends on the type of hearing loss that they have. Yes. And there are many different reasons for hearing loss. We've been focusing a bit on cochlear implants, but there are many other types of hearing loss as well as the degree of hearing loss. So if they have a, a moderate hearing loss, they'll do well with hearing aids. Um, if they have a conductive hearing loss where the hearing loss is more in the middle ear, so for example a child who's born with an ear canal closed, which is called atresia, um, a bone conductor hearing aid or a bone implant, mm. a Baha, it's called a Baha, may, will help that first type of person. So they really need a proper 
assessment by an ear, nose and throat surgeon and an audiologist. Just see what's going to work technology for them. Mm. The incidentally, the information is uh, McDonald's and National Mobile handed over 28 Blackberry's cur- Blackberry Curve smartphones to the top performing scholars at MC Carby in Indonesia. So you might like okay. to just sort of uh, Google that and get the full story. Okay. So what's important then is to find out what sort of hearing impediment there is. It's not a one-size-fits-all, and cochlear implant may be one of a whole uh, battery of things that could be used. Jenny? Yes. yes. Yeah. So the, the place to start is where? 0892, incidentally, 0892 10 2010, if you'd like to ask your question, because we do have a specialist with us right now, which is a, a plus, 0892 10 2010. Jenny, where does one start? Well, if you, as a parent. Yeah, but first parent, of all, I suppose you have to start by not getting cross with your child. Yeah, that's true. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes they, they hear, but they don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you suspect that your child has a hearing loss, you need to get to an audiologist and honestly go with your gut. If you are worried about your child's hearing or your baby's hearing, if the first person says don't worry, give it time, don't listen to that, go and find somebody else and get a proper hearing test done. Um, so you need to see an audiologist and an ear, nose and throat specialist. Because, yes, the ear, nose and throat specialist, uh, Usher's syndrome that um, Anton phoned in earlier about retinal eye, an eye condition that, because everything is a little bit linked, isn't it? Can those be problems? Well, well, Usher's syndrome definitely is one of the reasons for progressive, well, the child can be born with profound deafness and then become blind or develop tunnel vision over a longer period of time. So one can test for that and any baby who's diagnosed with hearing loss should have an ophthalmologic assessment mm. as well. Just in closing, in the last couple of minutes, Andrea, I'm going to give out your website, the Here Today website, because I think that uh, there's a lot of help and information on that. So thank you very much for coming in and sharing your story. Andrea Lewis telling, telling us about Here Today, and that's here, H-E-A-R, to the number two day, dot co, dot today. And we'll put that up on our Facebook page so you can see the link. Um, Jenny, thank you very much. And I think if anybody would like to know more, probably the best thing to do is to contact an audiologist. First, you have to find one. Tigerberg Hospital there, you've got a unit. Yeah, there's also the South African Association of Audiologists, or SAAA, um, website. So it's www.saaa.co.za. Otherwise, SASHA is the South African Speech, Language and Hearing Association. So they also have a website. Sasha, and that's S-A-S-H-A. It's actually S-A-S-L-H-A. Okay. Okay, we're going to try and put all those up, Hazel, hopefully. We'll put them all up on our Facebook page. Uh, Christian, just very lastly, very briefly, your little Nina, who's, what, nine years old now, her future, what do you see ten years down the line? Um, I think I've, I've, I've stopped planning so far ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nancy, sorry. Um... Uh, you know, we. You can rack your brains about this, but I, I haven't got an answer for you. All I know is that Nina has actually managed to overcome so many of her obstacles, and she's. Um, you know, two years ago we didn't think she would be able to write because of her motor motor planning problems. Um, that's, that's something we didn't touch on. But, but you know, if you have a child with um, deafness, they might also need other therapies like physiotherapy mm-hmm. or um, OT because um, it's an holistic problem. It's not an, a 
problem that is in, in isolation. Yes. So, for instance, with Nina, uh, we thought she would never be able to write. She might have to use a computer, and she is just now writing. Um, she's starting to learn a second language, which I, th which I thought was never um, um, going to be possible. So, at the moment, we, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking where my daughter's going to be a hairdresser or a nuclear scientist. You're just celebrating um, each and every vic yes. victory as it happens. Yes. Gosh, and, Christian, and for me, yes. And I think just one point. I think it's very important that that parents. It doesn't actually matter who their child is or what problems they have or disabilities they need to overcome. Is I just want her to develop to develop to her full potential. Yeah. Good, good, right. good. Sound advice. Thank you all very much. If you'd like to know more, more about the Coral Dutoy Centre, it's www.coraldutoy.co.za. You've been listening to Otherwise. Thanks very much, teams. And uh, up next, it's time for Sharp Sharp, the children's programme. Sharp Sharp, children's programme on SAFM with Leon Fisson. Good afternoon, listeners. We have our puppets, Vanda and Billy, in the studio again today. Say hello, Vanda. Hello, friends. I'm so glad to be here again today. Say hello, Billy. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here. Last time, Vanda and Billy were here. Healthy Hannah worried about Vanda eating too much chocolate and Billy not doing his homework. Let's see what happens today. It's story time, everyone. Gather around, kids. Hello friends, how are you? I'm very sad today because Vanda never wants to play with me anymore. She is really boring. No wonder she doesn't have any friends. Because she just sits and works all day and only eats chocolates. Hello Billy. Hey healthy Hannah. Why do you look so sad? Did something happen? Vanda doesn't want to play with me anymore. All she wants to do is eat chocolates and do homework. That's why she doesn't have any friends. Because she never plays with anyone and she just gets fat. Because she doesn't do any exercise. Vili, it's not nice to call her fat. But she is. All those chocolates goes and sits on her bum. I managed to finish my work, so now I can play with you. You finish your homework, and that's why you can play outside, right? Oh, Hannah, now you sound just like Vanda. I will do my homework later. I want to play now. Okay, Billy, I'll play with you. Let's go play in the park. That same smell again. The healthy smell that makes me sick. Blech. Clean and clever and oh, so healthy. Oh. My name is Jerry. Jerry the germ. 
and I do not like healthy children. My evil plan to make Vanda and Vili unhealthy, unfit and unfriendly is working. Vanda is getting fatter and getting rotten teeth. Now my plan has to work on Vili. Here comes Vili. Vili, my friend, how are you today? You look like a dog whose food has been taken away. Hello, Jerry. A dog is much happier than me because they do not eat vegetables. They do not have homework to do or go to school. I wish I was more like a dog because they just play all the time. Don't be sad. It's so nice outside. Let's go play instead. I can't. I have my math homework to finish. But I don't want to. Why should I learn math when I can just play? Vili, I know you. You are smart. Very smart. You will only look at the math once, and then you will know all the answers. And get every answer right. Really, Jerry? Do you think so? But of course you are very smart. Why should you practice your mind if you rather practice throwing the ball with me? You're right, Jerry. I'm going to get my rugby ball and then we can play. Afterwards we can eat delicious ice cream with chocolate fudge on top. Yeah, that sounds super nice. I'll meet you in the park. See how my germs are working on Vali to give him a rotten and unhealthy mind. <laughs> he just wants to play and that makes his mind become weaker and smaller. And when he is done eating that ice cream, he will get rotten teeth and a tummy ache. <laughs> Billy thinks he's so smart, but he really is an old dummy. I can't believe how bad I did in my maths test. I can't help it that I mixed up my numbers. Oh, man. I knew I had to do my homework rather than play outside all the time. And now I have a toothache. Ouch. Hello, Billy. What's going on? You're groaning as if you have a toothache. Stop teasing, Hannah. I have a toothache. And my life is just horrible. I did so bad in my maths test. I got nothing right. Wanda, what's wrong? Why are you crying? The kids, they, they say it. And Mom, Calm down and breathe, Wanda. And then you can tell us what happened. Well, the kids say I don't exercise. I just sit and eat chocolate. And I'm fat. I can't help it if I can't do the exercises. I get out of breath and it's not nice. And now my toothaches, and I don't even know why. 
Hey, Vanda. Hey, Hannah. I have a toothache. Friends, do you know what is wrong with Vanda and Philly? Do you know why they have toothaches? Yes, Jerry the germ is the answer. I knew it. It sounds like Jerry and his horrible germs that are making Vanna and Vili unhealthy. Yes, it's Jerry the germ's fault. He made me play outside the whole time, and that's why I didn't do well in my test. Now I feel like a dummy. He made me eat chocolates and not exercise. I get tired and I don't feel good about myself. He made me feel like a fathead. You guys, I had the most wonderful idea. Let's ask the suitcase of wonders to help us teach Jerry the Germ a healthy lesson.